welcome everyone. We will be kicking off in a couple of minutes, waiting for Alex to join me. Should be a good one. Hope everyone has had a great week. As with all of the BIM spaces, if at any point you have a question, just throw your hand up. We will bring you up to the stage and, and can ask away. Obviously, given it's trivia, we won't be answering the, the trivia questions themselves. Uh, it should be pretty fun. And if you haven't already, you need to prepare your band's address, make sure you have your Twitter account ready. These will both be crucial for answering the questions. Hello. Hello. How are you? Alex, how are you? Very good, very good. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. So, you already started announcing the rules? No, I, I, I was giving them a heads up just for more that the band's address and Twitter accounts are ready for, for the trivia. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, well, I think we'll wait for a few more minutes uh, for more probably more people to join in and uh, it's been a slow news week in crypto I think um, you know nothing out of the ordinary Solana was down for another 12 hours or so yeah I wonder if they calculated uh, w w when they calculate their transactions per second if they take this time into account the yeah this time, like Solana went down, but I think the, the big surprise was that there was like a decent amount of time between going down this time and the, and the one before. Yes, and also it was because one node was misconfigured. Ah, so one, one node, I saw some jokes about this and, and I didn't follow up and investigate. So it was one node that brought down the network. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I want to say these things happen, but Solana's kind of taken that to a new extreme and, and that it's ha happening kind of fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also, there were some uh, more hacks of some uh, bridges somewhere. I, I, I didn't even follow. I mean, uh, it's, it's like too much. Yeah. Too much. Um, yeah, cool. So uh, today we're going to have a trivia night and uh, we had a lot of fun preparing these questions. Um, I hope you will also have uh, as much fun answering them. We have, I think, like 15 questions. I don't know how many we will be able to uh, actually do, but, uh, you know, it's always so nice to have more. Some of them are fairly easy. Some of them are more difficult. But, um, yeah, let's see if somebody else joins before we start, because otherwise people will complain that they missed some uh, easy ones in the beginning. And, uh, yeah, just like you said in general, uh, it's going to work um, like this. Uh, I'm going to ask a question uh, with a number, so question number one, and then when you answer, you can answer in Twitter and then just make it as a reply to the Beam Space tweet or just tag us. And uh, the first full answer will win 
some amount of beam that we will announce in the beginning of the question. So if there are like two answers and one is like more complete, then uh, this answer will be preferred. So don't just say yes or no if it's a yes or no question, you know, make it a full answer. Um, and this will increase your chances. And as I understand it, the questions will start off easy-ish and get progressively harder. Is that right? Uh, yes, even though uh, I think uh, it's like kind of very, very different. Um, like there are some technical questions, some NFT questions, some general questions. So some, some things might be easier for some people and some might be, uh, you know, more difficult for others. So it's uh, kind of... Uh, a mix, a mixed bag here. Wicked. Yeah. So um, tell me when you think we can get started. I think we can probably kick off with the first one. All right. So let's do that. Okay. So question number one. Um, so... We started developing Beam in March 2018, which was quite a lot of, like a long time ago. And the first question, which should be a fairly easy one, that goes for 50 Beam price. And uh, I remind you to put your band's name into the answer so we can uh, give you that price. Is on what date was Beam mainnet launched? So the correct answer would be like, Beam Mainnet was launched on, and then the day. Uh, and also there is a small bonus for that question, like which other very important event in the history of crypto uh, was kind of, uh, or its anniversary was also on the same, on the same day. So this is... So if you answer the, just the first part, you will get 50 beam and you will get 20 more if you also answer the second part, which is which other important anniversary was on the same date. Fine? Perfect. One, one question. Where should the answers <clears throat> go? I think you, you, you can uh, reply to the beam, uh, uh, to the announcement of the space. I think it would be best. Okay. Yeah, I think it will just organize everything nicely in this kind of uh, thread that will be easy to follow. Um, so interestingly, um, like while you answer this question, like I will just, uh, you know, uh, give some additional kind of fun facts about, about Beam. So none of the original Beam team had any experience with blockchain. Uh, and um, uh, like a little, but personally, like, I didn't even own a single cryptocurrency. So the first cryptocurrency I actually owned like was was Beam that we developed. I didn't have Bitcoin, I didn't have Ethereum, um, which was very strange, like uh, especially in the early days when we were talking to investors and they asked us like, uh, so which cryptocurrencies uh, am I bullish on? And I'm like, uh, listen, I don't own any. And they were like very surprised. And then at some point guys said, listen, maybe you'll should stop mentioning that, you know, it kind of scares <laughs> people off. Uh, you know, we're going to invest in developing cryptocurrency and the, the lead technical guy doesn't even have any. Uh, yeah, I stopped uh, saying that. 
Um, but yeah, none of the team had any experience. We had to learn everything from scratch, uh, basically from you know reading the Mimblewimble white paper, which was the first protocol we implemented. Um, and uh, even uh, you know after all that. Um, we managed to deliver uh, the, the mainnet version in relatively very short time, uh, about nine months. So it was uh, uh, it was crazy. Uh, we also managed to launch before the other project, the Bimblewimble protocol, uh, called Green, and uh, they started like a year and a half before us. So yeah, I think it was a, a big achievement. Um, one of the interesting questions that we had to answer, uh, like design questions when we worked on BIM, is uh, uh, how to create our emission schedule. Because, you know, emission schedule uh, is one of the kind of most important characteristics of a coin. And um, uh, we have chosen uh, an emission schedule which is uh, deflationary. So it's, there, there is a limited amount of uh, BIM coins uh, that will, be ever, will ever exist. Uh, we did it using periodic halving, uh, similar to Bitcoin. Uh, though the first halving was after one year, and uh, then uh, in the interval of every four years, there will be halving as well. So the next one is going to be in January 2025 or something. Uh, and uh, this brings us to our second question. So question number two also goes for 50 beam. And the question is, what is the total emission of beam coins? So, Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so um, as you know, Bitcoin is 21 million, but beam uh, emission is different from Bitcoin, and the number is obviously different. So, the question is what is the total emission of the beam coins? Um, once again, full answers are better. And uh, this question also goes for 50 beam price. Don't forget to put your bands. Let me open Twitter here and follow what's going on. We, we have a couple of questions, a couple of answers, a few answers actually for the first one. Really unbelievable. And we, I, I see I think Unseen Shadow King was first with on 3rd of January being was launched. But, but I must ask a further question. It, it doesn't have the year. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Did they, did they implement this, uh, uh, this feature, you know, to edit tweets already or? Um... <laughs> I, I think you can if you have Twitter blue. I don't know if it shows if your tweet's been edited. Or... Uh, that's interesting. Uh, um, in any also, case, yes, the date is definitely correct. Yeah. Also, for the to the first question of of which kind of special day was this? Also, <clears throat> and that was Defender of Hellas, and that was the anniversary to the white paper public ATC. Uh, well, is that okay. right? Uh, not exactly, <laughs> but we will <laughs> give we will give some more um, some more chances. I have just recently reinstalled my my machine here, so everything is a mess. You know, uh, nothing works. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, I have I have very similar 
similar going on 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 my desktop i'm getting asked by twitter to enter my phone number or username and i uh, or username okay okay i can do that uh, <laughs> i see unseen shadow king is killing it here yeah um yeah so let's move to the third question um and um, this question number three uh also goes for uh 50b uh, and the question is, what is Guy Korem's official title in BIM project? So Guy Korem, uh, for those who yeah, don't know, uh, is one of the kind of uh, original idea to create BIM. Uh, he's also the one who actually invented in the name BIM. And uh, uh, this is not just a fun fact, but originally... Uh, BIM stood for this kind of uh, wordplay on green, because green in this kind of like smile, and BIM is like white pair smile. Uh, but then very quickly, uh, especially after we created the logo with the ray, uh, you know, rays of light going through a prism, uh, it kind of took uh, more on meaning of light and rays of light and all that, but that was the, actually the, the origin. And the guy Korem, uh, he had a very interesting title, and that's actually like an official title. He, I even have his uh, uh, card that we printed back in the day uh, with this title. So the third question is, what was Guy Korem's title, official title in BIM project, going for 50 BIM? Um, let's see who knows that. Um, yeah. So while you are pondering on that, um, last week I was in Eilat, which is this city, the like southernmost point in Israel, and uh, it's on the Red Sea. Uh, my daughter was doing a diving course, which was very nice. So she's now uh, officially a uh, two-star diver, whatever that means. Nice. Very cool. Did you join her to do no, the diving course? No, 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 I didn't. Uh, it's less like for me, um, but uh, uh, my brother, he's an experienced diver, so he, he was kind of, uh, uh, you know, behind this idea and he also accompanied us there. Uh, so in a nice. lot, there are very nice coral reefs with a lot of like fish and, uh, you know, colorful things uh, under the water. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a good place to dive. Uh, uh, th this whole area, like there is like Egypt on one side and uh, 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 Jordan on the other side, and all of these beaches are full of very interesting diving locations. Uh, the sea is also very nice, like it's uh, like constant uh, temperature, great, great place. Uh, I was just enjoying my beer on the beach, you know, the usual. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move to question number four, um, which... Uh, uh, Elon Musk should know the answer, but probably you will too. And the question is, is it possible to atomic swap BIM with Dogecoin? Ooh. Yeah, this one also goes for 50 BIM. And, um, you know, we developed atomic swaps. Um, it's kind of one, of, in my opinion, one of the most, um, uh, how would I put it, uh, like... Uh, technically complex features uh, because you have this mechanism that allows uh, two people to exchange coins without relying on any centralized entity or intermediary. And it's a very complex mechanism because it requires locking coins on both chains and then exchanging the sequence and waiting for a certain amount of confirmations and making sure nobody can you know, do something to uh, you know, trick the other side and then just take the coins. 
Um, yeah, so we have implemented um, support for quite a few coins. Uh, Bitcoin is definitely one of them, Ethereum. Uh, and the question is whether Dogecoin is one of them. So that's our fourth question. A very good question. And also, like, I want to back up the, the atomic swaps. Like a very, very difficult to implement, as you mentioned, but also massively uh, useful for any cryptocurrency that's worth its salt. Uh, and I think that this, like, at the time when we, when the, I, I say we as if I was helping to implement the atomic swaps, <laughs> when when the atomic swaps were implemented by the amazing developers the like it was it was an amazing feature although i think now it's become even more relevant <clears throat> with what we're seeing in terms of like sanctioned addresses the flash bots on ethereum kind of censoring transactions and, and all this kind of stuff hugely important feature for any cryptocurrency in my opinion is atomic swaps uh, like being able to get into and out of different currencies uh, is a huge feat, like on a technological side and also on like a decentralized side for, for making it accessible to, to really to anyone. I totally agree. Uh, and I want to add two things. First of all, um, it's important to uh, emphasize that on the beam side, these swaps are completely confidential. Uh, obviously, it can be traced on, on like, let's say, Bitcoin side, but uh, on the BIM side, they're confidential. And also the link between the Bitcoin side and the BIM side is also confidential. So what you see when you look at the Bitcoin chain is basically like one party exchanging coins with the other, uh, but anything else is completely unlinked. And also, um, just like many other terms in, in our industry, Atomic Swaps was in my opinion, misused quite a lot. So a lot of the services that you see uh, that claim to do swaps of all kinds are basically either centralized or like very closely to it. Uh, yeah. In Beam, this is implemented in a completely decentralized fashion. Uh, we used uh, this mechanism called uh, Hashimok, uh, which was kind of this interesting extension of the original Mimblewimble. Yeah, uh, it took us a long time and also made it really usable by adding the marketplace uh, to create these offers for atomic swaps inside your desktop wallet, uh, which made it very convenient. So yeah, I think it's an amazing feature. And um, uh, yeah, so um, that's the question number four. Now, an easy one, really easy question, uh, number five, also for 50B, just you know, to take a short break and uh, you know, relax. Uh, we ask you to put your band's address in, in any tweet in order to make us uh, able to pay you uh, your price. But uh, the question number five is, what does bands actually stand for? So it's an acronym and what is what does it stand for? This is question number five for 50B. Uh, and yeah, should be an easy one. Speaking, speak, uh, the last question, the one about the Doge and BIM swaps, uh, which are of course possible for those that answered correctly. 
I, I started laughing because there was one second between the, the first two people to answer. Unbelievable. Very, very tough. Kind of, yeah, very, very interesting. <laughs> need, uh, to, need to shorten your cables <laughs> to that fiber optic line. Uh, yeah, I also see that Beambots, well, Beambots is crazy. Beambots also answered uh, the guy's official title, which is Kaiser Soze. Um, for those of you who don't know uh, or didn't see the movie, uh, there is this movie called The Usual Suspect. And uh, it's a very nice uh, movie, highly recommended. So in this movie, there is this like mystical kind of mastermind, you know, all kinds of, you know, crazy uh, things. Uh, somebody who only is known by rumors and no one ever saw him. And uh, uh, we chose this title because this is kind of guy, guy he's like behind all the projects, you know, knows everything, you know, like uh, has his fingers on all buttons. Um, I think, like, I, I honestly think that he is using like uh, two mobile phones in two hands because it seems like he's always on all kinds of social media, with, whether it's Twitter or, you know, whatever, and constantly like doing stuff. Um, yeah, so that's guy. Um, okay, now that we have um, uh, relaxed with the buns question, uh, let's go for a difficult one. So um, this one goes for 100 BIM, and uh, it's a question about BIM smart contracts, specifically question number six, which programming languages one or more, you can name one or more, can be used to write Beam smart contracts. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. So just to give on, uh, about a year and a half ago, Beam has added support for smart contracts, created Beam Virtual Machine. Uh, the Beam Virtual Machine is um, uh, a universal computer, you know, basically able to run any any program, just like in Ethereum, the EVM, we have the BVM. And it was completely uh, custom made. Uh, you know, it's a kind of unique design because we wanted to uh, be able to both support the confidentiality of transactions. We also needed to uh, merge two completely different concepts because Beam initially is UTXO-based uh, cryptocurrency, just like Bitcoin. But when you're moving into the domain of smart contracts, it becomes account-based. You have accounts. And in order to kind of uh, combine these two concepts together, we needed to invent a new mechanism. And the idea of how this mechanism uh, worked actually came from um, the way we implemented Lilantus, which is the extension of like Mimble Mimble protocol that, uh, not extension, it's kind of an additional protocol that we combined with Mimble Wimble to improve our confidentiality. Uh, it was an amazing development, um, and uh, we had a hard fork uh, to enable it. And since then, it became possible to actually write smart contacts. And obviously, uh, we used this idea to create quite a few applications. This is one of them. Uh, NFT marketplace is the other, and uh, more and more are coming, um, including uh, like these very days. Uh, and uh, yes, it's possible to use several different programming languages. Um, 
to create uh, BIM smart contracts. So let's see who knows which programming languages these are, and they will win 100 BIMs to answer this question. If you hear any noise in the background, it's my cat going crazy. It's the, it's the crazy time. It happens every time. I don't know if it's related to the Twitter space or it's just the time of day, but that's what's happening. The, the cat's excited, trying to trying to get some answers in for them being. No, it's mostly just uh, breaking stuff. All good. <laughs> I, there, there was a question that I should ask. Uh, let me find it. And this was this was presented on Twitter from Defender of Hallis. Uh And the question was relating to our question number one. No, sorry. Question number two. Uh, about the mission, and yeah. the question is: How did Beam decide on a finite uh, supply of Beam mm. rather than, for example, a tail emission like O or a constant emission like Grim? Okay, so um, when Beam started, uh, our goal was to create a very um, conservative uh, cryptocurrency that could be uh, used for value um, because uh, one of the key um, ideas or one of the key principles behind Beam is that, um, you know, privacy is a basic human right we need it in, uh, uh, in our currency. But we also wanted to make it very um, conservative in terms of how it works. So we took uh, Bitcoin as an example of an emission model and also uh, used the proof of work, obviously. And uh, that's how we came with this uh, schedule. Uh, even though that in terms of the emission numbers, uh, we changed it a little. That's why we don't have like, uh, you know, we're not a Bitcoin fork in any way, so we don't million limit. And the limit is different, but uh, the idea was the same. So that's that's kind of was the goal from the very beginning. And then uh, uh, at this time, this remains uh, one of the kind of strongest, uh, you know, uh, covenants like of not not emission, not changing the proof of work concept. So that's kind of the basis of BIM, and uh, always will be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. <clears throat> no, sorry. No. I, I was just uh, uh, moving to question number seven. Wicked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, and this question is uh, for the NFT people, people who are um, familiar with our amazing NFT marketplace. Um, it's a question which is not very difficult to answer, but I really like it. So it will go for 100 beam. Uh, and I also have a story about the answer to that question. And the question is, which animal is depicted on the very first NFT uploaded to Beam blockchain? Ooh. And, and if I remember rightly, there was a number of animals in the first of the NFTs uploaded to Beam. So this is a good one. Yeah, so while people answer this question, uh, I will tell you a little bit how this NFT thing started because I think it's a great story. Um, so we wanted to uh, have a contest, a Halloween contest uh, about NFTs. And uh, we have created this kind of uh, 
you know, scenario where people participated and uh, we wanted everyone to upload like one or two images and then like find the best one for it. Uh, on chain, we have created, um, I think we used race back then, was it for, for, for voting? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, like, it, it, it was Rez, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, basically it was this kind of, uh, you know, something that was supposed to be a relatively small, like, event uh, just to create some, uh, you know, uh, interest, attention, and some action. But eventually what happened is that it completely exploded in terms of, like, people who were interested in uploading work even long after the, the original contest <laughs> expired. And uh, um, it became a fully featured NFT marketplace, uh, obviously confidential as well. And as we know, the issue of confidentiality is coming up every once in a while in the NFT community. Nobody wants anyone to know what exactly they're holding or bidding on. And um, uh, then we had to like, Updated because there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of requests, and we updated um, our NFT marketplace to version two. In the first version, the NFTs were actually uploaded to the directly, which had to limit the size of the pictures uh, we wanted to use. Once again, it was supposed to be like a limited contest, uh, but now we uh, upload images to IPFS and we store the metadata on chain, uh, which is a far better idea. Uh, but uh, the, that specific very first NFT is actually on-chain. Um, and uh, yeah, it has an animal image in it. So um, did anyone answer what it was? Let me have a look. It, for some reason, it's difficult for me to see the answers, but maybe I'm not filtering correctly. Yeah. There's a few answers as a, let me have a look. Yeah. And Beanbots has answered it correct. And also Unseen Shadow King. Hmm. And what, what was the story behind this first animal, which was a pig for, for the guys that answered, right? What was the story behind the, the pig uploaded as the first NFT on on the BIM NFT marketplace. Yeah, so um, this pig was uploaded by uh, our very own uh, Rascal as uh, part of, he, of his uh, Riot Pigs collection. Uh, I own one of these pieces. Um, won't tell you which one, but uh, it obviously has a joker in it somehow. Um, and uh, these photos actually taken by Raspo himself. Uh, he's a very talented individual, very multifaceted, uh, a lot of different things that he's doing, writing books, taking photos. He, he's like very versatile. And this is not actually a photo of a pig. It's actually a photo of a person wearing pig's mask. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, and, and, and like, uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but the rumor has it that the person who is wearing the mask is actually somehow Rascal's relative, but that's all I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was kind of this uh, collection that started um, this entire, entire trend, and uh, uh, yeah, um, it was very nice, very interesting, and that's the, that's the story behind the pig. 
I, I love how far the NFTs, <laughs> even so far, have come as well since those early days and the the race being given out for the Halloween competition and this this kind of thing. Speaking of which, Halloween is is right around the corner. Well, end of the month. Uh, so that would be one year since the Beam NFTs launched, right? Absolutely. Wow, Working. one year, unbelievable. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, like it, it's amazing. It's like it was like yesterday, but at the same time, it was like ages ago. We had two versions, like a ton of collections. By the way, the, the next question, question number eight, uh, is actually about one of the uh, collections that we have. And uh, it's a kind of a problem because uh, BIM bots cannot answer this question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it goes for 50 BIM. The answer from BBOTS will not count, I, I tell you up front, because the question number eight is how many BIMBOTS are in the BIMBOTS collection? Wicked. So, yeah. So while you are digging for this answer, um, anyone except for BIMBOTS obviously knows it, uh, <laughs> I would like to say that we, we had uh, several great collections uh, in the marketplace. BIMBOTS, in my opinion, is one of the best and I really uh, I was really impressed about like the amount of effort the quality and the, uh, kind of the first part of the uh, when we only had the first version of the gallery uh, I actually uploaded all of these images myself so obviously we had to limit it so we limited it to uh, 10 pieces per collection every week and uh, on Thursdays I would sit down and upload all of them and, uh, you know, people, there were different kinds of submissions and BIMBOTS was like, I don't know, uh, like it, it was this like organized every week, same time, email, 10 pieces, different, like amazing experience. Uh, and since then, a lot of people are using BIMBOTS as their avatars on, uh, you know, Twitter or Telegram. Uh, yeah, so definitely one of the better collections out there. Um, and, uh, yeah. Who knows how many are there will answer and get 50 bin. And I, what I'm enjoying seeing right now is some of the answers, correct answers as well, coming in. The users on Twitter are using bin bots as their PFPs. So uh, that's great. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm still faithful to, uh, to my CryptoPunk avatar on Twitter. Uh, but it's not for, uh, you know, a lack of great BIMBOTS. Um, so, okay, next question is a very interesting one. And um, whoever knows the answer, and I will also tell the story behind the answer, obviously, once we uh, get it. But the next question is about confidential assets. As you know, BIM supports creation of confidential assets, uh, which are new coins or tokens that you can create either directly from your wallet or from smart contract. And what's amazing about them is that they're exactly as confidential as BIM itself. Um, so the question number nine is, what was the first confidential asset ever created on BIM blockchain? This is a good one. And yeah. there's, there's been many a confidential asset issued and also like uh, if following with the governance stuff that we did on the forum, 
recently, in the most recent Heart Fork, the confidential asset issuance amount uh, was reduced from 1,000 beam to 10 beam, if I got that correct. Uh, so I think this is this is something that we will, or at least I think the team and, and myself especially sees that will very much kind of increase in terms of amount of unique assets being issued on Beam, uh, especially with things like the confidential stablecoin coming out, the decentralized, or two things, the, the swaps, asset swaps in the wallet and the like decks coming out too. Uh, definitely expect these confidential assets to increase in number, uh, whether it's community tokens or further stable coins, or uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it will be possible for the liquidity positions to also be uh, as confidential assets on Beam. Is that right? Yeah, so we can use confidential assets for almost anything, uh, including, by the way, this crazy idea that we had that you could theoretically also convert NFTs into like a unique type of asset and uh, trade it uh, like between wallets in confidential way, even outside the marketplace. Yeah, nice. definitely a lot of uses for those. Um, uh, just wanted to mention question is for 100 BIM. Um, and... Um, um, as you said, Gus, now it's like very, very cheap to create new types of assets. Uh, so we do expect more of those uh, used for different reasons. Um, just yeah. very recently, uh, it was on Dapnet though, but we, we use confidential assets uh, in our asset swap uh, space where, where we swapped a lot of assets, which was, uh, yeah. people collected their prizes, by the way. It was a great success. Yeah, so that's question number nine. Do we have any answers so far? We we have many answers, and from what I can see so far, only one is right. We have crowns, we have raids, we have BMX, we have USDT, Tether, we have raise again. Uh, <laughs> what was the what was the correct one? Because this is this is a little bit tricky, and and if I <laughs> We were laughing before the space because I, I couldn't remember what it was as well. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, um, the correct answer is USDT. And uh, uh, I will also tell you how to get a, an answer to that question. So, if you go to our explorer, uh, explorer.beam.mw, uh, there is this button uh, in the top right corner, which is called confidential assets. Uh, and if you all click on this button, you will see the list of assets that are currently uh, emitted uh, or created. That we will see is USDT, USDT and the, the description says uh, USD Tether. So yeah. obviously, asset has absolutely nothing to do with actual USDT. And it was actually created, uh, funny story, by one of our investors uh, and uh, someone who is following Beam, and uh, he started playing with uh, assets the moment they were out. Uh, and that's what he's done. And it was back in the day when it was expensive. It was like 3,000 Beam, I think, initially to uh, create an asset. So that's the amount of Beam he locked to create uh, the first confidential asset with ID 1. And this is uh, USDT on Beam. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it was created through a wallet, so he can emit any amount of USDTs he wants, um, which is interesting. But yeah, that's that's what happened. 
This leads me to like a follow-up question on this. Uh, one that's kind of been discussed in the Telegram and within the community and this kind of stuff. Uh, and I just wanted to to kind of ask it. I, I mean, I'm kind of to get the, the answer, but I think it's an interesting question. And if you haven't seen the discussion, it's definitely worth thinking about. Uh, like how do we or how will we stop people from creating multiple assets with the same name and, and sort of how do we protect or how will we protect investors or, or people in the ecosystem using these different assets and this kind of stuff? Uh, and, and will we or will we remain more credible, uh, sorry, more like uh, neutral and, and this kind of stuff? So um, the way we implemented it is that the name of the asset and also kind of the, uh, the any metadata of the asset is not unique. The only thing unique about the asset is the asset ID. And we have used uh, a um, one of the latest hard forks to actually simplify these IDs. And as you can see in the Blockchain Explorer, the IDs are now uh, just, you know, uh, simple incremental numbers, one, two, three, four, five, etc. And the reason for that is that we wanted to simplify the identification of a specific asset because the name does not tell you anything. So anyone can create another asset with the same name. Why did we do it like that? Is because we didn't want to have names unique and then somebody going and, you know, creating all of the known names you know, basically hijacking the, the, the names and the tickers. And um, uh, in this case, we like, you know, nobody, no one could ever create like uh, tomorrow, like if we wanted to bridge or actually emit some of the existing assets from other chains on our, on our chain, it would not be possible. So instead what we've done, we've created these IDs. And we also have a mechanism in, in the wallet uh, which can provide this kind of a check mark uh, on specific registered IDs. So if we know, for example, that BMAX uh, is ID number seven, which it is, we can always show this check mark when you receive BMAX uh, so that you know that you are receiving the same BMAX you mean. Obviously, it's also need to be very easy to see uh, what is the actual ID of the asset. So put your wallet uh, at each like, small pane at the top that shows you the amount of assets that you have has this small arrow which drops down and shows you the details. And one of these details is the idea of the asset, which is very important. Um, so yeah, uh, the names are not unique, but the IDs uh, are. Okay. And I, and I think this, like to back up your point, this, at least in, in my opinion, is massively important, uh, like to avoid kind of squatting on uh, asset names and, and this kind of thing. Of course, like the at at least at the launch time of confidential assets, there was a large number of them needing to be locked up in order to do so. Uh, but especially with like the the reduction that came with Bit One uh, down to ten bean for an asset, it, I think it would have been a real issue with people squatting on like names that could either like be used by protocols and projects and, and this kind of stuff. So I think it's it's a good thing that the asset names aren't kind of unique, but then we have the the way of making them unique with their obvious asset IDs and this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of assets and names, 
um, let's go to question number 10. Um, and uh, question number 10 is um, an interesting one. Um, it will go for uh, 100 beam. And the question is, what is the name and the ticker of the stable coin that is about to be launched on beam? What is the name and the ticker? Yeah. Okay. So just kind of uh, to uh, recap, this uh, project that is building the stablecoin on Beam uh, has recently deployed the Dubnet version. And we have encouraged everyone to always install our Dubnet version of the wallet uh, because it has the latest and greatest versions of all applications. and. Uh, uh, I think one of the most interesting ones right now is the stablecoin application, and uh, that will know what is the name uh, and uh, the ticker, and will win 100 beam. And this, like, comparing the the earlier answer for the first confidential asset on beam that was USDT, and and if we look at USDT like as it stands on on many networks. And compare it to NIF. <clears throat> comparing, comparing it to the almost gave it away. Comparing it to the stablecoin that's on Dapnet <laughs> and soon to soon to be on uh, mainnet. Now I've totally lost my my train of thought <laughs> and my question. <laughs> well, comparing comparing the two, like what would you say is the biggest kind of benefit? Uh, of the stablecoin that's soon to launch on on Beam mainnet over something like USDT. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so obviously, uh, like even before confidentiality, which is obvious, right? So you know, we have uh, confidential transactions. Uh, it's always uh, uh, great to use. Um, uh, you know, assets that are kind of related to real-world assets. Uh, it's a great uh, mechanism that is used all over the industry, and uh, with confidentiality, it obviously gets even better. Uh, but also, in addition to that, uh, I always prefer uh, projects that are more decentralized in their nature. Uh, projects like MakerDAO DAI, which was always and is a great exploration. Projects like Liquidity which use collateralized debt positions uh, as a mechanism. So these are not algorithmic stable coins like Luna that became infamous recently for their kind of very unstable, um, you know, unstable algorithmic properties. But uh, MakerDAO showed amazing stability and amazing performance during the worst of times in crypto. Um, and uh, I think the combination of really decentralized uh, protocol which uses decentralized collateral because MakerDAO recently added, or the, not recently, quite a while ago, added uh, USDT and USDC, I think, as uh, collateral, um, and now they're trying to move off it. So if your collateral is decentralized and the algorithm uses uh, collateralized debt positions, it's kind of this perfect combination uh, for a truly decentralized stablecoin. I think it's it's a great, 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 great project. Um, okay. So now we're going to have a couple of questions, um, number 11 and 12, uh, which are kind of more, I would say, a guessing game. So there is a way to find out the answer, but probably, um, you know, 
people can guess, uh, it's also fine. Um, so let's start with question number 11. And this one goes for 50 beam. Um, the question is, what's the average amount of transactions per day that beam had during the last quarter? Not a simple question to answer, but I think uh, you can guess. So the closest yeah. guess. This is a this is a difficult one. The closest guess will take home the beams. So for fifty beam, you can guess. For question number 11, how many transactions per day on average BIM had during the last quarter? And, and I have a, have a follow-up question or, or a related question to this. Uh, and, and kind of, and at least to me, an obvious one. What do you expect this to be? after applications such as Nephrite, <laughs> I think <laughs> I can say it now, such as Nephrite, uh, Stive on Mainnet and Dex goes live and this kind of stuff. How do you see the, the transaction sort of count increasing or, or this kind of thing? So first of all, uh, the answer as it is now, uh, obviously I'm not going to say it, but uh, it's fairly impressive as it is, uh, yeah. at least for me. Like I, I had to actually ask twice, like really, like uh, when I heard it. Uh, but um, uh, with the addition of bridges, right, and the decks, uh, obviously the amount of things you can do with Beam Network is going to be um, increased by by a huge margin. So yeah, I do believe the amount of transactions will also increase increase, not to mention the fact that we have now more miners use, uh, mining beam, uh, so which means more payouts. Um, yeah, I think these numbers will go up uh, uh, fairly quickly. Um, definitely, definitely agree. Like I, I, I'm pretty, I've, I've voiced this a lot in the community and, and on spaces and this kind of stuff. I think that like with the decks, especially uh not to mention even like the the bridges and stable coins and all these things i think that this number will explode obviously not transaction count advice or anything like that but i i expect that the like number of transactions will will really kind of balloon after some of these apps start hitting mainnet <clears throat> i think it will be very exciting absolutely so um, since we're running out of time, I mean, we're like closing on the hour and uh, uh, I still have a couple of more questions to uh, ask. Um, the second one, uh, we're kind of going to go a little bit back to the beginning, uh, you know, to kind of uh, close this up where we started. Um, but it's a nice question. So how many test nets did Beam have before the mainnet launch? So before our launch, uh, we started development. At some point, we opened our source. Uh, and then we started to releasing the testnet versions up to uh, the mainnet release, which, as you know, was on January 3rd, 2019, which was the 10-year anniversary of the Bitcoin Genesis block. 
Um, and um, uh, we had several test nets uh, up to that point. Uh, how many were there for 50 beam? Uh, this is question number 12. So while you are answering that, um, fun fact uh, or, or two, um, initially when we started developing, uh, beam was closed source uh, because we were kind of, uh, in the very beginning, uh, we had experience developing uh, uh, open source software. So at least initially we wanted to have something working uh, before we opened our source code. Uh, now we're much more experienced than that and we, uh, can do things in you know, open source from the very beginning, but back then we were less so. And uh, back in during those days, uh, when we announced that we're going to implement uh, Mimblewimble protocol, and everybody was like following green, and we were considered like this scam that's trying to rip them off or something. Uh, yeah, so it was like a, a lot of uh, like six months before we opened our source code that we were called different names and people would hate us. It was like very funny time. Uh, eventually, we did open our source and we showed that we are a real deal, that we're not a fork, not a clone. We implemented everything ourselves. Uh, we launched it. Yeah, but uh, uh, it was like very hectic in the beginning. So um, there is a way to find the answer to that question, obviously, unless somebody just knows. Um, and uh, this is question number 12. And we do have someone with a with a correct answer coming through. <clears throat> really? Yeah, I'm 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 impressed because <laughs> because I was unsure. I questioned I questioned Alex if if you had the right thinking. Oh, hmm. <laughs> unbelievable! I would have got that one wrong. I I just I just received a funny. Uh, message in telegram that i must apologize for if anyone's reading the subtitles because of my strange new zealand accent when i say decentralized exchange in its short form the subtitles apparently uh, are saying something rather different so i apologize for that really <laughs> yeah oh. when i say decks apparently it's coming I... up with uh yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah. Naughty subtitles. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, so listen. Um, let's do the last question. Uh, it's an easy one. Um, relatively easy one for fifty beam. Um, so, as you know, <laughs> uh, each beam version has a number and also a name. Um, so the reason it has a name, in addition to the number, is because back in the day, uh, Alexander Zadvison, who was then CEO of Beam, uh, he came up with this idea uh, to add the name to the version and uh, basically start a name uh, with uh, uh, a letter. Uh, that would correspond to the version number, right? So um, uh, the question is, what was the name of the very, very first version uh, that uh, was released, our mainnet? What was the name of that version? That's a good one. And, and I think that you can also probably find the answer for this question in the same place you could, you could find the last one as well, right? That um, maybe. Prob probably, maybe, yeah, could be. 
Yeah. Um, so while we're waiting for the answer, I think we will start wrapping it up a little bit. Absolutely. Wow, it was so nice. Kind yeah, of, uh... so much fun. Uh, and I mean, like, this is this is one thing that came to came to my mind, like the last few days, and and especially like us uh, talking with you, Alex, about the questions that we were going to ask in the space, and that was like how much we had. And also how much is in the future and, and planned and launching soon and this kind of stuff. Uh, and I think this is very exciting uh, stuff. Yeah, I, like every time I, I'm, you know, talking about Beam in any context, whether it's like a podcast or an interview or a AMA or whatever, I, I'm kind of running out of breath just trying to list the number of features that we've built over these years uh you know like and we did atomic swap and asset swaps and, and contracts and applications and this and that and uh, it's really amazing like um with a relatively small team um obviously very talented people but uh yeah like every time we like we go do this kind of trivia or trips down the memory lane really really amazing time absolutely yeah so thank you very much, everyone, for joining us and participating. It really was fun. Uh, we will probably uh, do something like that every once in a while because it's just a very enjoyable experience. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, we did get correct answer for all questions, I think, yeah. which is amazing. And for the winners, we will make a list of, of which questions were answered by whom. Uh, and we will send these to your bands that you provided as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Great that so many of you are following a project. We really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will we'll keep up uh, bringing the good new developments to your attention, uh, including very soon. So stay tuned and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye.